and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Happy Thanksgiving to all my American friends. Okay, don't forget to check out my blog at frank316.blogspot.com. Uh, and, and also uh, my other podcast, Posen's Big Bag Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. Just wanted to mention that I spoke about the... Uh, uh, Sasha Banks versus Asuka match from Survivor Series on that podcast. And I have now posted a video of that on my blog. Okay. Now, big, quick health update before we get started. Okay. I went to the ophthalmologist on Tuesday, and I have cataracts. But it's not an immediate problem. Eventually, I'll have to have an operation, I suppose. But uh, I guess that that uh, gives me official entry into the ultimate club. What do you think, Schwan? Uh, yeah, seems like you got a pass to get in, get in immediately. <laughs> I guess so. But anyway, I'm fine. And also, I'm, I'm planning to the Black Friday is tomorrow. I'm going to go and make an early morning trip to Walmart for a new laptop because I've been having trouble with my current PC. So I'm going to do one. Okay, so let's start with uh, Friday's Invictus show. Um, I'll just say first of all, the main event was supposed to be for the strawweight championship, Emily Ducote versus Montserrat Ruiz. They both made weight, but then one of them tested positive for COVID-19, so the match was scrapped. And the main event turned out to be Kayla Harrison beating Courtney King by second-round TKO. It went pretty much like I thought it would, Swan, I guess, except that maybe uh, it should have been stopped in the first round. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of a competitive matchup at all. I don't... I was. It's, just, it's a keep busy fight. It wasn't going to tell us anything about Kayla. No, it didn't tell me anything new about her. I guess the the uh, one thing I wanted to uh, point out is that it looks to me like she's going to remain in PFL for 2021 at, at lightweight, and then I guess she's going to leave after 2021, and she's already talking about coming to the UFC. So, uh, I mean. She wants to fight Amanda Nunez. You keep th- telling me she's going to Amanda's going to retire. I'm not convinced of that, but that's fine. And you know, maybe she'll come. But she, I'm still not sold on her. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying, if I if I'm Amanda Nunez, what does fighting Kayla Harrison get me? It's great for Kayla Harrison. It didn't do anything for Amanda. That's not a huge payday. That's not a big event. That's just somebody nobody knows. It's, well, it's, it's her the money she wants. You think she might be better off going to Bellator, Schwan? Uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I really do. A fight with Cyborg, you know, she let's say she fights Cyborg and beats her, and then go and then you know, signs a short term contract with Bellator, beats Cyborg, uh, wins a rematch, wins two other fights, then goes to the UFC. Well, now we got something, now we have some momentum, now we have something where you can you could actually uh sell that light. But just going straight to the UFC, beating at Nunes, it's just if I'm Nunes, I'm not taking the fight, it does nothing for me. That's another regular payday. I don't want regular paydays. Yeah. I want top-notch paydays. Yeah, well, that's where – I mean, she's talking about it, not me. Like, that's what she said. Um, now, uh, there were four other matches on the card. The one fighter that I wanted to talk about that I would like to see in the UFC uh, is Stephanie Geltmacher. Okay, so uh, she won her, her, her fight on uh, last week, and I've seen her before. She's pretty good. She's from Oklahoma. Are you familiar with her at all? Uh, not much, a little bit. I mean, I, I've seen a couple of her fights. She seems like she has some talent. 
still kind of raw, but yeah, she at least it seems like she has the athleticism and, and the mentality necessary to compete. Okay, let's go on to UFC 255 from Saturday night. Of course, in the co-main event, uh, Valentina Shevchenko beat Jennifer Maya by unanimous decision. Uh, I, I didn't think much of the fight at all. It's very similar to me to the uh, Liz Carmouche fight. It's like uh, Jennifer knew she couldn't win, and she looked at going five rounds as a you know a moral <laughs> victory. She even in the second round, which uh, she won, you know she won that round. Even in the second round, it's like she ended up on in top position by accident. Okay, so I, I really didn't think much of the fight. Um, uh, the one thing I wanted to comment on in regards to this fight, there was just way too much hugging for my life, okay? And I thought Herb Dean really didn't do his job. He needed to stand him up a couple of times. I think when you see him start to do that, I think you just have to, to nip it in the bud, stand him up a couple of times, and they'll stop doing it, okay? And that's what he needed to do. And Valentina was doing it too. It wasn't just Jennifer. It was Valentina as well. And really the only round that I thought she was really on her game a little bit was the fifth round. She said after the fight, that she, uh, the long layoff seemed to hurt her quite a bit. And so uh, she said she's a lot happier after that. So give me your thoughts on the fight. Well, the fight went exactly how I said it was going to go. Valentina was having problems with Maya's size, her strength, and her physicality. And people can say, like, you know, like you'd be like, oh, well, they were hugging too much. But the fact of the matter is they were hugging because Valentina couldn't dictate the pace and the place of the fight like she usually does. Usually she, she gets her hands on somebody. She walks them across the cage. She throws them around left and right. When she gets them down on the ground, she can improve position, not even through technical skills. She can just muscle her way through positions and beat the hell out of people against Maya because of Maya's strength and physicality. She couldn't get her off. The, she couldn't get off the cage. When they were tied up, she couldn't just have her way and throw her left and right. And even when she took her down, she couldn't improve position because Maya not just had technical skill, but had enough physical strength to hold her, hold her where she didn't want to be held. Now the ref allowed it to extend. He didn't stop it early, but the fact of the matter is Valentina didn't improve position because she couldn't improve position. And in the takedowns, when she was up against the cage, she tried to take down, but she couldn't move Maya, and Maya took advantage of it. A lot of that was because of size, physicality, and strength. Now, I don't, I don't, like you said, moral victories don't matter, but as a coach or as a person who watches fights, you can, you can clearly see that Valentina has issues with people who she can't clearly physically dominate or scare off with her power. She hit just guy, just guy got scared. She hit Chukay, Chukay got scared. She put her hands on both of them. She took them down left and right. They couldn't do anything against her physically. When she faced somebody she couldn't walk through physically, she got even more gun shy. She got even more cautious, and she took even less chances. Now, once she realized what, what Maya was doing and that Maya wasn't going to bite down and force a firefight, well, then she started opening up late fourth round, fifth round. But that was only after she felt 100% in control and 100% sure. Maya had one chance to win that fight coming into the third. She was going to have to walk through fire and get into heavy exchanges and risk being knocked out. Maya made a choice not to risk being knocked out, and as a result, she went to lose a, a fairly one-sided fight. But that doesn't mean that, Ma that Valentina wasn't working. And before the fight, I said, Valentina's not going to be sharp. That size and that strength and physicality is going to cause her problems. And the fact that Maya is a threat off the bottom is going to make her cautious. And everything I said came true. Well, I think, I, think what really, I think what really caused her problems probably that she hadn't fought since February. And also she had knee surgery. So, you know, she just let me, she just I mean, the long layoff was a problem. But but the other thing that's, that's definitely 
but she but she physically couldn't move her. Well, you seen her lock up. He's tossing them. She couldn't only, do that to my. My only problem with that. My only problem with that is Jennifer didn't do anything. She didn't generate any offense either. Well, that that was the point. That's what I said. I said Maya, if she comes up with the right game plan, she's going to frustrate her. She's going to flummox her. But at some point, for her to win, she's going to have to bite down on her mouth guard and risk being knocked out to win. She was unwilling to make that risk. That's where she lost the fight. That second round was right there. Third round, she had to walk. And and I I still think her needed. I still think her being needs to stand them up a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I I think saying, "Oh, I don't want to affect the championship fight." I don't think that's a good reason. You know, when the ref doesn't do his job, that's a problem. I agree completely, but I, I will say this: if I'm if I'm a JoJo Calderwood and I'm a big, strong, physical person, or I'm a Jessica Andrade, I'm a big, strong, physical person who's also athletic. I see that fight, and I see things that I I see areas I could get to have some success in. I see that I if I take the right chances, I might be able to get Valentina out of there. Okay, now uh, Jennifer broke her nose, I think in the fifth round, and um, so she's going to be out an extended time. Now, who who's next? Well, that's a good question. Dana White is talking about, of course, about Jessica Andrade. That's really what she did. Fun, right? And um, Valentina says, oh, Jessica Andrade and Lauren Murphy should have a, uh, a contender qualifier. Come on, man. Jessica, have her for lunch. And the other thing is that she really wants to fight Amanda Nunez, but I don't think that's happening. What Dana White was talking about was possibly at some point doing uh, Zhang Bailey and uh, and Valentina and Zhang really wants to do that. I mean, she really wants that fight, but that's not going to happen immediately. It might happen. It might happen at some point, but Jessica Andrade has to get the next title shot. Anybody else? It's a damn joke. Well, they don't, they can't have anybody else. Calvillo was the only other per- person with an argument. We're going to talk about she that lost. in a second. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Okay, yeah, so uh, you think it's uh, Jessica's the fight to do, right? Yeah, I mean, they don't have anybody else up on deck, to be quite honest. I'd, I'd rather Jessica get at least one more fight in, to be quite honest. I want her to have two fights before she fights Valentina. But I, I don't want her to wait around just for Valentina. I want her to get another fight in, but I don't know that they're no, going to allow her to do that. Do that. I'm her. If, if I'm her, I'm insisting. I want another fight. Okay, let's go on to uh, the second fight, which uh... – was Caitlin Chukagian uh, winning over Cynthia Calvillo by unanimous decision. And Cynthia did not do what we thought she should do to win this fight. And that's why she lost. And her coach was, was yelling at her between rounds and she still didn't listen to him. Now, afterwards, it was revealed that she had a shoulder injury and she's going to be a, suspended for 60 for um, six months. So I don't know if she came into the fight with a shoulder injury or she suffered it during the match, but that might explain why she decided to fight the way she did, but it certainly, she wasn't going to win the fight um, in that situation. If she had a shoulder injury, if she had a shoulder injury, then she fought and the way she was fighting was just going to expose the shoulder injury to be quite honest. The thing about it, because it, it, I, I did like a years ago, I did a four fight breakdown of Cynthia Calvillo before she did her fight with Jessica Esparza. Then I did a breakdown of that. I'm not, I'm not going to say whose camp stole 
my breakdowns, but somebody stole my breakdowns, which is why she had a, a loss back then. Besides the point, Cynthia Calvillo is at her best when she's on her back foot, walking people into strikes, into kicks, and into reactive takedowns. She's not a good wrestler. She's, she's like Misha Tate, great grappler, so-so wrestler. She, her footwork on the front foot isn't great. Her jab isn't great. Her ability to punch in combination isn't great. So she's chasing. So she's trying to apply pressure to Kaylee Chukagan, who throws a wide, who throws high volume, a wide variety of shots, and moves around a lot. That is literally the dumbest game plan ever. It doesn't fit the opponent you're fighting. Mm-hmm. What she should have done is make Caitlyn come to her, hit reactive takedowns, or use them to get her up against cage, or walk Caitlyn into leg kicks and body kicks because Caitlyn's there for that all the time. But at no point did did Cynthia Cavillo switch switch approaches. They're just get this fake hot all that and all the nonsense they were telling her wasn't going to work make caitlin come to you and chop her ass up to the legs and to the body and then open up with the hands and then get the takedown that's all they had to do it was the worst game it was a stupid stupid game plan that didn't have any sort of context now just because jessica andrage can walk forward cindy coffee is not the athlete jessica no, andrage is she doesn't hit like she doesn't have the skill set of valentina valentina shochenko she should have stayed on the back foot let her come there and just chop her up and then get the takedowns but she wouldn't do it she kept chasing her like she's some NCAA wrestler. She's like a high school level wrestler. She's not great. It was it was ridiculously stupid. And her corner wasn't telling her anything that was any any sort of use. And all that tells me is Cynthia Calvillo's IQ isn't great because even if her corner's telling her something, she should have been able to figure that out on her own. Kayla Chukagan did what she always does, and she just had an opponent who was dumb enough to fall right into the to trap and just chase her. That's all. That, That's it. That's about it. Okay, the third fight was uh, Valentina Shevchenko Shif- oh, beating uh, Ariane Lipsky by uh, second round TKO. Uh, uh, it was revealed afterwards Ariane would be suspended for six months. She suffered what I think, based on what she was describing, uh, on her Instagram, she she uh, suffered a broken orbital bone. Okay, and what I thought about this fight was very simple. Obviously, Ariani is a harder puncher than Antonina. Okay, that's fairly obvious. So, uh, what did Antonina do? She did something that she normally doesn't do. She took her down, and for that, I credit. The coach, which is Pavel Fedotov, that was his idea. I guarantee it. Okay? And um, he took her down, and basically, Ariane couldn't get out from under, and eventually she found her up for the detail. Yeah, Ariane, when she has an athletic advantage or she has a clear striking advantage, she's very tough because she feels comfortable. When she doesn't have a clear striking advantage or athletic advantage, she gets real hesitant. And the fact of the matter is as dynamic as she can be offensively, she's not great defensively, and she's she's not a very physical fighter. You can impose your will on her. And that's all she's also, she did. She's, Antonina, also Antonina, not, she's also not good on the ground. Yeah. Antonina, Antonina is a good enough striker where she's not going to give Ariane any easy any easy easy openings. Ariane is not just going to be able to get away from her because if Shevchenko wasn't a good enough striker, she wouldn't be able to get to the spot she needed to for the takedowns without getting chopped up. So she was able to defend herself, work her way into position, and then basically ground Ariana out. Ariana is like a one-dimensional fighter, and she's only a half. She she only has half the skills in that one dimension, which is offense. If she can't assert her offense, or you get her on her back foot, or you get her defensive, she she's nothing. And then on the ground, all her escapes and all her transitions are pure, based on purely on her ability to explode into and out of spots. But if you're with somebody who's actually physical and can match your athleticism a little bit, 
you can't explode in two out spots. You actually actually have to have a skill set. She does not have one. So it was pretty much like I thought it was. She got walked down and beat up. Uh, I've never seen think- I've never seen Antonina look that dominant. I've never seen Antonina look that dominant in her entire wins or losses. She looked like she was a beast in there. And that just tells me Ariana Lipsky might not be UFC quality. Could very well be. But I, I like I said, I give a lot of credit to uh, Fedotov, you know, for giving her the right strategy. Yeah, no, de- most definitely. Okay. Let's go on to uh, this Saturday. we got two women's fights on the show. I would describe both as low-level fights. The first one is Ashley Evans-Smith versus Norma Dumont. And this is at uh, Flyer. That's right. Ashley is a teammate of Carla Sparza at Team Oyama in California. Uh, Colin Oyama is the coach. Ashley was a a NCAA wrestler at one point. In the UFC, she's had mixed results at best. Um, at this point, she's a low-level fighter. We haven't seen her for a while because she was supposed to fight in England, and that was one of the shows that got canceled when the pandemic started. Norma Dumont uh, is a Brazilian. Uh, she made her UFC debut, and she lost at featherweight to um, Megan Anderson. But she normally fights at bantamweight, so we don't really know what she's going to be like because you know she obviously was overmatched at, at featherweight. Uh, so um, you know, I don't know. I don't think either fighter is a high level fighter. So uh, you got any thoughts on that? I'm not. I'm not big on Ashley. Yeah, at Smith, her biggest thing is her wrestling and her physicality and her athleticism. Um, She's never really been able to put it together. She's probably a better athlete and got a little bit more more established skill than a lot of Bantamweights. But for some reason, she's never been able to consistently put wins together. I, I don't know if it's an IQ problem. I don't. She's with Oyama. He's a good coach, so I don't know if she just can't process things, or is this or is this new to her? She did she just get on with him? No, she's been she's been there. They, she's been there a long time because. Oyama's good. He's a guy who pays attention to details. He pays attention to the ebbs and flows of a fight. He's usually very good at creating game plans and putting his fighters in positions to win. So the fact that she seems unable to ever get find the right positions or find the right rhythms makes me wonder if she listens to him, if she actively listens to what he says, or if she actually pays attention in his plan for developing her as a fighter, because it seems like she's been the same fighter for the past two to five years. Yeah. Norma seems I mean, like a bit lovely. of a wild card to me, only because we saw her, we only saw her, um, at featherweight, and, and she normally fights at bantamweight. Yeah, I mean, this fight is Smith at bantamweight. Win it. at flyweight. It's at bantamweight. Smith should win this, basically on her her athleticism, having a better corner, and being more of a physical punishing fighter. But given the the constant um, gaff she has mentally, like either losing focus or just basically fighting the wrong fight, it, it's fifty fifty. I mean, she should win this. In fact, she should probably be close to undefeated in the UFC. But she always has, she always makes confounding decisions in fights. Even if she's winning them, she just decides to start losing them for some reason. And it's, it's always confounding me. And now that I know that she's got a really good corner, I have to put the onus on her as a low IQ fighter. I guess. Okay, the other one is even worse. Uh, this is at flyweight. This is um, Rachel Ostevich versus Gina Mazzani. Oh, macaroni. Rachel Ostevich is from Hawaii. She's an Invicta veteran. She's a tough 26. She, I mean, (laughs) 
She's there for her sex. She's a terrible fighter. I mean, she was terrible in Invicta. She's terrible in the UFC. She's also coming. Well, it's, she's also coming off a drug suspension. Well, as terrible as she is, she's actually got a better skill set than Mazzani. Well, Mazzani's got that. Like, I agree with Gina. Uh, is uh, from trains at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas. Uh, she's actually I, the, thing I, wanted, the thing I wanted to mention is that her previous fights were at bantamweight, and this is her first fight at flyweight. Okay. And the other thing I wanted to mention is she not only is a fighter, but she's a pro wrestler, and so is her brother, who uh, was a champion in uh, EFC in Africa. And so they sometimes work as a tag team, right? But as a fighter, yeah, she hasn't looked good, okay? Rachel hasn't looked good. Rachel has said in interviews this week that this could be it. If she doesn't win, she could be gone. So she even she knows that. Well, even even so, Rachel is is, is as as much as you want to critique her, actually has a better skill set. I mean, fundamentally, she's a better striker than Mazzani. Fundamentally, she's a better grappler. I don't know that she's a better wrestler. The main thing that's going to give Mazzani a chance to win this fight is Mazzani should be bigger, she should be more physical, and she should be tougher. Because Ostovich always in every fight she's in, she usually is able to do do enough to get a takedown, land some shots, get in positions to finish somebody or get close to it, and usually her. Her lack of defense, her lack of her lack of durability, and some might say her lack of commitment to the sport forces her when she gets in bad positions. It's like she kind of capitulates, she kind of gives up. And against Mazzani, she should be able to get Mazzani in bad positions. But Mazzani, if nothing else, is a fighter. She'll if she can survive, she'll survive. If she can fight through it, she'll fight through it. Luckily for her, Rachel's not a big puncher. Luckily, Rachel's not a dynamic finisher. Rachel's not a good enough wrestler to just control her for three rounds. So I expect Ostevich to have some opportunities to win the fight. But if Mazzani just commits to it and really goes to war, is willing, really willing to push the pace and be physical, she should, she should come out on top. Um, but even in saying that, Mazzani makes a lot of mistakes. And though, though you think Ostevich is terrible, when it comes to skill sets, she has a much more defined identity and skill set than Mazzani. So Mazzani could run her over or Mazzani could, could – push the pace, and walk right into a submission. It's, it's literally a 50-50 fight like the first one. I think they both stick. Well, I can't say I'm surprised by that assessment, right? <laughs> you? Yeah. Well, uh, what can I say? Neither of them, for me, are UFC-caliber fighters. Okay? When I heard that Rachel had gotten on Tough 26, it's like well, we know why they hired, why they brought her in. It's not because she can fight. It's because of her sex appeal. You know, she's one of these fighters who attracts goofy fanboys. Okay? Well, like I've always told people, I don't, I don't mind if you use your sex appeal or look, whatever, to get in the position. But if, if it allows you to advance, it's your job to do the work so that you can justify being in there. And it seems like she's not interested enough and obviously she had the abuse issue, so I'm not dismissing that, but it seems like she's not committed enough to that aspect of it so that she could be the best fighter. Because she has some skills, but it seems like she can't put them all together. I don't know if she's just completely enabled to or she just isn't committed to it. She, she's using this as a way to start her own brand because even if she doesn't fight continuously, the fact that she has fought, she has gotten exposure, and there's lots of fighting-adjacent type careers that she could develop for herself. And I, I think that's what her plan is. I guess. Anyway, that's about it. You got anything else you want to talk about, Schwan? 
Uh, no, just as always, uh, thank you for doing for letting me be on the show. And um, anybody else who likes how I talk about combat sports, feel free to check me out on that MMA Ratings podcast as well. Okay, that's about it for today. Uh, again, uh, the uh, UFC videos from last weekend, all three of them are up on my blog, frankb316.blogspot.com. Also, don't forget to check out my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for my uh, uh, blog or either my podcast, you can leave my name's voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Now get back to football. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>